When a team of explorers venture into the catacombs that lie beneath the streets of Paris, they uncover the dark secret that lies within the city of the dead. Was this found footage film a success, or were these layers of hell no better than the layers of a rotting onion? Fasten your headlamp and secure your harness as we descend into the abyss of As Above, So Below. My name is Scarlett Marlowe, and I'm a student in urban archaeology. 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history. How are we supposed to get down there? Catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. They're holding the remains of six million corpses. Stop. This is the empire of the dead. These are human bones. We go through here. Let's do it. Yeah. I think I'm stuck. Just breathe with me, please. It's okay. What the hell is this? When I was a kid, we had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. Can you read that? According to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Welcome to the Chamber of Chills. I'm Cameron Long. And I'm Adam Ragsdale. Oh, and today we're diving headfirst into the film that made its way to the number 45 spot on our top 50 horror films of all time list. Woo-hoo. You know the drill. Let's get this bread. As a barf. As a barf. Sarvalar. Sarvalar. Claire Nar. Sarvalar. Sarvalar. That is wild. <laughs> oh, off to a great start today. Oh. Um, so this film as I just said, comes in at number 45 for us. It's called As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. Or Soar Below. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it now. We're already off to a great start. Oh, no. uh, this film came out in 2014 and it is classified as a horror slash thriller. Mm-hmm. It's rated R. And it was directed by John Eric Dowdle. It's a fun little name. Dowdle. Um, some other films he worked on, he did Quarantine. Did you ever see that one? I did not. It's another found footage. Uh, it used to scare me when I was like, 12. Okay. Uh, Devil. Never saw that one, but I've heard of it. I and, have seen that one. Okay. It's we did cool that one minute. too. And uh, No Escape, which is, anyways, that movie's also pretty intense. Okay. He also wrote the film with his brother, Drew. So that's kind of cool. Dowdle Brothers? The Dowdle Brothers? <laughs> Man, what is wrong with this? I don't know. I'm so sorry. Star cast members, we have Perdido Weeks, Ben Feldman, Edwin Hodge, and Francois Civil. Boom. Yep. Francois. Francois. Academy Awards slash nominations. So there was no Oscar buzz for this one, but Mm -hmm. it was nominated for a Chainsaw Award, which I've heard is a counterpart to the Academy. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing. (laughs) It's like the step below. Yeah. Just goes Academy, Chainsaw. Yeah. All the A-list celebrities go to that one. What is Chainsaw I don't, you know, I just, we run with it. There's not even a Chainsaw in this film. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's true. That's crazy. Um, It also won the Golden Trailer Award in 2015 and was nominated for Best Horror at the same ceremony. Interesting. Ratings on IMDb, 6.2 out of 10 based on 104,948 reviews. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, a foul 28%. Oh. Letterboxd. Or no. Or no. (laughs) Letterboxd, 3.1 out of 5. 
financials on the film, the budget was estimated to be about $5 million, which today is about $6.4 million. And at the global box office, it made about $41,898,409, oh. which today is about $54.3 million. Which is, that's crazy that it did. It, act, that's, it made a that's lot a of That's a box money. office success. Oh, for sure. If it, and it got 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It cost them five mil to make, and they got back 41, which is kind of wild. Which, Cabin in the Woods had a really high Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But, I mean, found footage, that's yeah. the nature of the beast. True, true. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. Oh, Shazam-O's. <laughs> Shazam-O's? I don't know. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> what's his name? John Stamos? John Stamos? John Shazamos? Okay, this is this is this train is derailing. Okay, okay. Um we're coming back. So filming took So filming took Filming took about sixty-two days. Okay. Um now that we have all that out of the way, okay. Sir Adam, would you like to tell us a little more about this film? Yeah, so... I didn't pay attention when we were watching, so I need to recap. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, kidding. don't worry. Um, so Cam and I did this on Goodnight Mommy, uh, and then we didn't do it on American Psycho, but mm. we're going to start doing it because we got good feedback yep. on Goodnight Mommy, that, uh, including a film synopsis will help those who have never seen the film and never cared to see the film. Yep. And also we're going to start hinting at what our next films are so that people can try and watch them before we release the episode. And again, just giving that, giving our community a little bit more involvement uh, yeah, with uh, with us. So jumping into the film summary, this is going to be now our first section after film details. As Above, So Below follows the story of a young archaeologist named Scarlett Marlowe who is on a quest to uncover the legendary Philosopher's Stone, an ancient alchemical artifact believed to grant eternal life. To do so, she assembles a team of experts and descends into the catacombs beneath Paris, where they encounter a series of terrifying and supernatural events. As they delve deeper into the labyrinth tunnels, the group must confront their own personal demons and face the haunting manifestations of their past. The film combines elements of found footage and psychological horror as the characters navigate a nightmarish journey through the catacombs, which become a physical and psychological maze of terror. Wahaha. And thus, the first Harry Potter movie was born. And thus, Harry Potter won. <laughs> the Philosopher's came to Stone. Fruition. <laughs> I just think that was so weird that the Philosopher's Stone, I don't remember that from the and last Nicholas Flamel, all these references. Yeah. I'm like, this is Harry Potter. Yeah, that was really weird for me. Which I didn't realize how historically accurate Harry Potter was. Yeah, it's like true. <laughs> it's like all, it is nonfiction. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, really, National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Meets Harry Potter, yep. meets Blair Witch, yep. meets Indiana Jones. And the Pirates Ride at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and meets the Pirates Ride at Disney. Yeah, there's splashes. It's like a melting pot. Yes. Okay, breakdown ballroom. Mm-hmm. Boom. Let's moonwalk our way in. Moonwalk right in. Favorite scenes. Let's go. We always start with the intro. <laughs> yeah, this one I didn't say the intro. Okay. I'm breaking it. Okay. I'm breaking our streak. Did you say the intro? I might have said it. But Did you go first you- because that's earlier on than mine yeah okay so i did say the intro and again you know these are top 50 horror films we're gonna like a lot of the aspects of them for Mm -hmm. a reason uh and i think good horror films have good intros everyone this is more of a hot take actually (laughs) everyone might disagree with this it was like refreshing that it was handheld 
off the bat, which is wild. I know. Because, and this is in my opinion, uh, it just felt immediately more real than Mm -hmm. any of the other things that we watched. Yeah. And of course, people are like handheld. Oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up, you know? And that was a lot of the negative reviews of this film. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen a handheld film in a long time with shaky cam. And I was like, oh, it's kind of refreshing. It feels more realistic. They definitely kind of died out because there was, it's almost like what we're seeing with Marvel right now. Like it was, it had its moment and then people were like, okay, we're sick of this. Yeah. And they've like, they really have died out. And it's funny because I kind of put the same thing later in my notes. Okay. That I I did like that this film, which I can't believe I'm even saying it, but I I liked that it was- We're going to get hate for this. Yeah. I liked the found footage element. And and I'll give us some- you know, we'll dive into that too. Yeah. Uh, reasoning why, but. Um, oh, shit. And then, of course, in the intro, you have the her discovering the idol, the mm. the guy who's hanging there, which is alluding to yes. the future. Um, the explosion, and really stakes are high right off the bat. Yeah. So I skipped ahead, and I'll explain why later. Okay. But the breaking in, so after they've already established, you know, where they're going and what they're doing, they've, yeah. they found uh, Papillon and everything. When they get said papillion, wait, what did you say? <laughs> I said papillion, Papil- for his it's name, Papillon. <laughs> Papillon. Oh my gosh, I, for- I just he's forget. that French boy. Forget uh, me, please, <laughs> forget me. Um, so when they kind of like you know get their equipment and they're on their way to the entrance of the catacombs, it reminded me honestly. I think this is partially why I liked it. It reminded me of like our early days of like college. You know, like you and I used to like to like sneak into places and stuff. That was just a fun little time. They kind of felt the same, like when they were on the railroad tracks. And like, like this would have been something we would have done for sure. And that was kind of fun to watch. I thought the setting was cool. Yeah. But then what makes it for me is, you know, I like the vibe and everything. But then when George is talking about how, like, I'm not going down there, this is where I stop. Mm -hmm. And then that police officer just Just emerges out of the dark and yeah, tackles Papillon. And it's just like a nice little jump scare, which is rare because normally jump scares are cheap. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like that one. And you feel the pressure of like, go, 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 like get down into the hole before, yeah. you know, the cops. And they're throwing the snow, like smoke bombs behind them to like get them off their trail and everything. And I was like, oh, that was kind of a fun little entrance into It's a good incentive hell. to get them all down there quick yeah. too. And how you get George involved. So. Exactly. I also added... Uh, and I only have two more scenes. I didn't put a lot of scenes, actually. Okay, I have three. Okay. Um, Benji's claustrophobia. Mm. I, I was like, dude, how long was that scene? It Very was long. so long. And basically, they're crawling through these this pile of bones to try to get where they need to be. Yep. And the space is very thin and he gets stuck and he starts like freaking out and going, just being like very frantic. And as the audience start to really feel claustrophobic, like- yep. Which totally adds to the intensity. Just move your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Okay. I'm stuck. Okay. Just move that. Okay. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't breathe. No, it's I can't breathe. Look, just, just, just go. Just keep going, please. Just go. Anytime a movie can make you feel something, they're winning. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know you're feeling joy, you're laughing, you're you know feeling sad, or you're feeling you know you're scared. But feeling claustrophobic, oh my gosh, like yeah. not fun, but like I was like, wow, that's that's yeah. really good right off the bat. Well, and props to the actor in that scene because, yeah, man, he does sell it. Like I was like, ugh, I'm uncomfortable because mm-hmm. like getting stuck in like a cave is like 
That's like top tier nightmare. Yeah. So I also thought that was pretty, pretty solid. Uh, my next scene was pretty much the first layer of hell, which is supposed to be limbo. Mm-hmm. And we can get into like the layers. Yeah. Because there's it's a huge part of this movie. Oh gosh. Um, because essentially there's going through the different layers of hell. A lot to unpack. Yes. With this film. Um and anyways, in this first layer of hell, that's where they're first kind of facing sins from the past. Mm-hmm. And so Scarlet hears the phone ringing and she picks it up. And that is alluding to her dad when he called her before he committed suicide and, and she, she didn't, didn't answer. answer. Yep. So she sees this phone and she picks it up and she could hear her dad talking. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's unsettling. Yeah. And then George comes across the piano that he used to play with his brother when they were little before his brother drowned. Yep. He blames himself and whatever. And so... I just thought that was a cool thing to include in the film. I liked kind of how each person had their own little, it almost like now that I'm on the spot, it reminds me a little bit of it, how each Mm. kid has their own phobia. Yeah. I like when movies like tailor towards the characters, like different things. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of cool to see the phone and the piano and everyone has their own problem. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. It adds a total personal touch to every single character. Yeah. Which you don't normally get without that, you know? Yeah. Usually it's like focused on one or two characters. Totally agree. Yeah. My last one was actually the first death, which is the local girl's head getting smashed. Dude, that's intense. It's in my opinion, it's kind of stupid how it came to be, how she's like yeah, going up and touching him, which changed chamber, I know. Yeah. But Nonetheless, it it was the first death and it's quite jarring. I mean, I thought it was cool too, like that this was whenever we had the first death, it's technically the seventh circle of hell Mm -hmm. in Dante's Inferno, which is called violence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why, you know, that breaks out. And there's so many freaking allegorical references and just, oh man, as you dive into this, you're like, whoa, they were intentional with everything. Yes, which which is, it's just super cool to include that kind of detail because you didn't just slap some stuff together. Like you could tell they did their research, which I appreciate. Yes, and that's, Cameron and I said this before we even started the episode, but we, like I said, I think out of all the films we've already reviewed, this is the first one that, I changed a lot of how I viewed the film after doing more research on the film for our notes. And yeah. so uh, that's been really cool too. Yeah. Well, if you check my letterbox, I already moved it to my number one film of all time. So. <laughs> it just surpasses um, everything, everything else. ever. Oh, um, that's funny. My next scene was Papillon's death. Um, mm-hmm. It's when they're in the eighth or ninth circle of hell. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one that takes place on, but it's it represents either fraud or treachery. It's, I forgot which one it was, but um, they come across that burning car with the mm-hmm. man. And what's so cool about this scene, and I honestly, I don't know if I've ever picked up on this before because I've seen this movie a couple of times, but this time, the guy in the back of the car is the same guy from early on in the film who like, because basically, if you go back when yes. they're in the catacombs, yes, and they're talking about oh, we've got to burrow through this wall. This random guy shows up and he's like, yeah, you need to go find Papillon. He'll mm-hmm. like get you there. And then he disappears and you're like, what the heck? Like, who the heck is that? Well, fast forward, there's this burning car and that guy is in the back seat. Yeah. And when you find out, he somehow died because of Papillon. But because Papillon says when he sees the car, you know, like, it wasn't my fault. He's unable to admit his guilt and mm-hmm. is then because the whole premise of the movie is these people have to basically confess to their sins. But yeah. because he's like unwilling to do that, 
the burning man grabs him and like drags him into the car and the car like swallows into itself and yeah. like disappears. And then you just see Papillon like buried upside down and like all you see are his legs. Just like kicking. Yeah. And, Crazy. Which yeah. I found out this is also a direct reference to Dante's Inferno, like a lot of things in this film. Mm-hmm. But I guess it says, out of the mouth of each one there protruded, the feet of the transgressor and the legs up to the calf, the rest within remained. So it's just like crazy detail. Dude, but so that death detail. is also just like, I don't know, seeing his legs just sticking out from the dirt, I was like, oh, that's really... Gosh, the, yeah, it's wild. Um, I just said the ending. I said... Yeah. I just really liked that after finally making it to the bottom of hell, you know, they come across that hole that you mentioned in the synopsis, mm-hmm. um, and it just seems to like go on forever. Yeah. And they realize that's how we get to the real world. And before they leave, they have to confess to their sins. And, you know, they just have this moment where they're kind of talking about the things that have happened in their past. And by doing that, they confess. And after this, they jump into the well, which is a literal <laughs> leap of faith, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And then they land and then they push up on the, the manhole and they're back on the streets of Paris. And it's just like so calm, like it just is quiet after yeah. all of this chaos down there. And they like hug it out. Zed, the French guy, walks like away. Walks away like silently, like and you're traumatized. Just like, yeah, and you really feel like how they're probably feeling in that moment is just like, like whoa, how did we just escape that? You yeah, know? totally. So I thought that was a really cool way to end the film. I completely agree. And moving into the concept, I so I like I kind of just mentioned. I wrote out my thoughts on the concept. Then, as I did a deeper dive on the behind the scenes completely changed my perspective yeah. on the film because I truly respect when there's like so much intentionality and like in the small details of like the films and out of all the films we've seen so far to me this is the one with the most intentional detail and yes. like every single action that happens in the film from the writing to small things yeah. that come up here and there like crazy amount of research went into, into making this film For sure uh, which I totally respect. So, like, obviously, it's incredibly inspired by Dante's Inferno. Right. But that makes, to me, the movie's concept so much better. Yeah. Um, Because it's such an interesting, you know, Well, it's book. like classic literature. Yes. And they're taking that story and making it a modern film. Yes, and... I want a found footage film. So, I know. Yeah. I was going to say, because of that, I'd venture to say it's entirely unique. Mm-hmm. Because taking Dante's Inferno and paralleling it to be the Paris catacombs and an alchemist looking for the philosopher's stone is pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I pretty much put the same thing, just that paralleling itself to Dante's Inferno is so unique. And yeah, bringing it into a modern setting is, I thought, so cool. Because again, if you put those side by side, like found footage and classic literature... Like, how on earth are you going to come up with anything? I would worth draw no lines exploring. Yeah. yeah, but they like pull it off, and yeah. there is a lot of research that goes into it, and they do put in the work, and I think it came out pretty I, well. I wonder who was like, "This should be a found footage film." I know, because like, yeah. I would never think, "Oh, if somebody's going to make a film about you know a, par- a modern day parallel of Dante's Inferno," I wouldn't. My mind would never once no. think about it being a found footage film. It would be more of like I feel like I picture filmmakers going for more of like a good night mommy presence where like it's like like i've said kind of art house and Mm -hmm. like aesthetic and like i don't know it's just a deep concept to go for totally agree 
So I don't know. It's just really interesting to see those parallels work. But the Dowdle brothers, man, they the Dowdles, man, those Dowdles. <laughs> Never doubt the Dowdles. No, don't doubt those Dowdles guys. <laughs> those Dowdles it's hard guys. to say. Like, I know. Doubt Dowdle, Dowdles. Dowdle Dowders. Okay. <laughs> um, I love the director's touch. Mm-hmm. The, the minimal showing off of the monsters and the demons. Yes. Chef's freaking kiss. Yeah. I, and I think that you could have made it even more minimal, but mm-hmm. the mixture of it being you know found footage and the audience only seeing what the camera is actually capturing aids yes. the realism entirely yeah and the fact that you have this you know found footage so we're only seeing this handheld shaky cam wait you is know? it found footage <laughs> how let's uh take a shot every time we say found footage. <laughs> just kidding um no i i just think you know even with the death the first death mm-hmm. and the camera like falls down yeah and you see in the corner of the screen like her, her face, face getting bashed on the ground. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. I loved it. It's brutal. I kind of said the same thing just from a, like the director's shoes. Like, because here's the thing with found footage sometimes, like it can be boring. It can feel stale. Yes. Because you're like, okay, I'm looking at camera number six of somebody's backyard swimming pool. And you're like, <laughs> you just go through cameras. Yes. You know, this one though because you're like with them, you feel like you're like immersed into what Mm. they're experiencing. So it's like a totally different kind of found footage because it's like you're along with them the entire time. And I thought that was just a really cool way to go about it. Totally. And it's high quality too. And I, I even made a note of this later, but like the fact that part of the plot is that Scarlett has this cameraman now helping her create a documentary about it allows them to now have high quality found footage because he has like an actual nice camera down there with them. Yeah. So it's not like this like cheap GoPro. phone. Yeah, GoPro <laughs> phone, literally like Nokia yeah. recording them in the woods. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is like high quality found footage, which yeah. I think helps with the cinematography. I think, oh, I did make note of that in cinematography. For sure. But to add even more to the director's touch, like random people who become involved taking quick glances at the camera add mm-hmm. even more realism because yeah. I'm like I always find it it takes me out of the story whenever it's like somebody's getting filmed yeah and they like don't look at the camera because it's yeah. so unrealistic like you would obviously if somebody Glance. had a camera in your face like you would look at it like why is this person recording me yeah and that happens with every new person that yeah. gets introduced I would say like the uh, explorers are really like good about that I felt like yes so totally I agree I also put that we kind of already touched on this with the parallels to Dante's Inferno, but I appreciated how they incorporated elements of alchemy, mythology, and historical references Mm -hmm. to the story because I felt like it just added like this intellectual layer to the horror. Yeah. And it made it even feel like a twisted take on like, we already said Indiana Jones or something, Mm -hmm. but it was like just cool to have this like plot with all of these cool elements within it but it's also like terrifying because I, I, and we talked about this the other day, it's definitely out of the ones we've seen so far, probably the most intense, mm-hmm. like the most creepy, but you just really almost feel like you're also trying to decipher the hieroglyphics and like connect yeah. things for them. And like, it's just really interesting to it's follow a lot more this. intellectually adventurous. Yes. It's fun. Fo- it's fun to follow the adventure, yeah. but you're also getting scared like the whole time. Yeah. The acting was low key freaking like, Wonderful. They were pretty good. I so 
her name's Perdita. Perdita. Um, who Which, plays Scarlet. I think she was the best. Yeah, I think so too. Because, uh, and I said second best was actually the local guy, uh, Papillon. Oh yeah, he I was thought he really was good. really, really great. Yeah, I actually looked him up later, mostly because I was trying to figure out how you pronounce his name properly. <laughs> Francois. Well, at least you didn't say Papillon. <laughs> or Papillon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had hard names on both fronts. Man. Um, but I like was trying to find him and it looks like he's actually a pretty successful French actor. Like he does mm. a lot over in France, okay. which makes sense. Does but, make sense. Yeah, I thought he did really good. Mm-hmm. I actually liked him a lot, like his character. I thought he was kind of cool. The so. only person that I was like, sometimes I was like, mm, mm-hmm. was George. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, and I, honestly, I think, which the next little bit is about screenplay. I said the only unrealistic lines in the screenplay well, the one that stood out to me was what's going on after he oh, touches yeah. the piano key. Yeah. I just felt like that was a little forced. Like, yeah. if, I, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be like, what's going on? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that just feels Wait, what's going on? Guys, what's happening to us? <laughs> um, yeah, it just felt a little like, eh, you know, I was like, yeah. I probably wouldn't say that. I would for probably sure. just be like, what the? F-? Well, yeah, for sure. I could so. go on a whole tangent on that, but I, I agree, essentially. And kind of, transitioning from that to the screenplay that's kind of something i wrote too one of my only issues sometimes there were just some lines that for me i wasn't in love with yeah and like there was one that i wrote that was like which again there's nothing wrong with it it just feels really cliche and i talked about this nitpick yeah, yeah it talks about like an orphan like the school bully cliche yeah this one where like he's looking at her and he's like you remind me so much of your father i'm like that is said so many times like when they have nobody says that in real life so much of your father and then when she sees george she's trying to convince him to come down with her and i forgot who says it one of them says like you like you never return my calls after turkey and i was like ugh, i don't know it just felt like weird and like i do feel like their romance was a little forced and i have I have some hot takes, uh, which is actually more of a change chamber thing. Okay. Um, do, those do go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, about their romance and about just the plot as a whole. Yeah. But I agree. I think that those lines, even the line at the very end, whenever they're in the climax and he's like, I did enjoy my time in Turkey. She's yes. like, so did I. Yeah, I know. And it was you're like, like okay, okay, come on. Get back in the let's, cave. Yeah, <laughs> let's rewind a little bit. But I mean, the writing aside for like some dialogue, I mean, it, we've already talked about it, but just praising the research that goes into just <sighs> making these parallels and creating these layers of hell. So good. So good. And paired with, again, the handheld footage. Like, yeah. You have this realistic, like, quick cutting mm-hmm. with this really intellectually intentional dialogue. Yeah. And it just, a lot of times, it felt truly real. And yes. I. I don't know if I would die on that hill because I might have some people that are, well, I know for sure there are going to be people that are like, it didn't feel real at all. Yeah, right. But whatever. I don't believe you. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Go away. Shoot. I'm going to squirt you in the water bottle. And hey, (laughs) hey, we love a good line that states the title of the film. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, which classic. Sometimes that feels extremely forced. Yes. And sometimes it's like, hey, that's fun. You know, I actually didn't feel like this one was too bad. I don't think so either. Because she's just explaining what the image is depicting. It's in the context. It's like, well, it to me, it felt like maybe this whole film had been written and Mm -hmm. then they named the movie based on the Uh, writing rather than flipped. And I like that. You know? Yeah, I could see that. What do we think about the score? 
dude, literally non-existent yeah. until the last 10 minutes of the film, which yeah. I thought was a great call. Yeah. There were several moments I was like, are they actually hearing this down yeah. there? Like, because there's literally no music at all, which I think aids the found footage. Yes. You know, take another shot. <laughs> Just um, and, you know, that adds so much, I think, um, whenever there's no music, like if there was music the whole time, I would just feel like it wasn't really yeah. like real. Um, but then they're in hell, quote unquote. Yeah. And this like low bass, low hum, the cult is singing. It's like, yeah. it okay, was... something's going on. Are they hearing this too? Oh God. If I heard that when I was down in like a cave, oh my gosh! Like I'm finding the sharpest rock to just end it right there. I'm, I'm vanishing not, into thin I'm air. I'm not going out that way. <laughs> my vapor will be. Lo- I will just <laughs> quickly dissipate. Yeah, I hit him with that Thanos snap. Yeah. Uh, just- what do you think about the score? Um, same thing. Just at the end, it really picks up and you're like feeling all of it. And mm-hmm. I think it's because there's such an absence of music up until that point. Yeah. But I even said too, just kind of on the same notice, just sound like the sounds in this film are so like eerie. Oh yeah. And, Cause you'll, I mean, there's plenty of loud, abrupt moments, but there's also like, I feel like faint sounds in the background. Yep. Like there's one moment I heard like little kids laughing, which mm-hmm. again, if I hear that down in a cave, I'm freaking out. And like, super subtle. Like yes. nothing, a lot of that stuff was so minimal. Yes. And the minimalism helps so much. Mm-hmm. Leaves I, a lot up to the like viewer's imagination. Yes. I just think the sound was a really effective piece to this whole pie. Because totally. it was just so creepy. The sound design was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it went hard, dude. Cinematography, on top of it being handheld, adding in Benji's character to the documentarian for Perdida, mm-hmm. or for Scarlet having a nice camera for it definitely helped like i said and i'm already kind of a claustrophobic person mm-hmm. so there's so many like binge scene and they're like even when they're just trying to get through these narrow passageways you're just like uh uncomfy i'm uncomfortable but i thought it, i mean they did the best they could do with the found footage totally film so totally i i actually didn't even i didn't write this as a note but i did read that the because of the space that they were in they had to limit the cast and crew uh, especially the film crew um, because they didn't have a lot of room to work with. I could see that. And then on top of that, the actors actually were like physically told after it because they had to go through so much and do oh, a lot wow. of their own stunts. Um, so apparently apparently they have talked about in interviews like the physical toll it took on them. Oh, wow. Which is pretty wild. I could totally see that. I wondered that during like us watching this movie. I was like, man... I can't imagine being in this movie because I feel like this would be a really creepy one to film. Totally. And we'll, there's a piece of information that adds to that, but we'll get, get into that. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we will get into that in the next section. Yes. <laughs> uh, I even heard that, Cameron. <laughs> that they were like scared themselves, not because of like the eeriness, but because yes. of the rocks. Yeah. Like crawling under rocks and stuff. Like, Ugh. oh my gosh, this could just, like the ceiling could just no collapse. Boy, no. no. Overall impact. A good handheld horror adventure movie. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I do think because of the 42 paranormal activity movies or whatever number they ended (laughs) on, 
I think it got washed away a little bit. Like people don't really like mm-hmm. think about it as like a great horror film. And because it is a found footage film, people write it off as like, ugh, like, uh, I hate garbage. those movies. Yeah. But if you did just kept like if you kept the first few paranormal activities and then this one, I feel like this one would be respected a little bit more. I agree. I feel like it's just been swept under the rug a little bit. Totally agree. It's really good for a found footage horror. Yeah. And I I will say, and this kind of goes hand in hand with my change chamber and hot takes, but it's a bit fantastical. Mm. So you could probably lose a handful of people there. But it's still a great film with some eerie scenes and brutal deaths. And I personally think, like Cameron already mentioned, it's the quote unquote scariest film we've already had on our list so far. Yeah. None of the other films have really made me feel as much as this film, primarily talking about the claustrophobia. Yes. But, uh, so I think that's a big deal. And then, you know, this is really just something to put on. If you're like, hey, we should watch a horror movie tonight that's inspired by Dante's Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a big Dante's, well. Dante guy. I feel like, yeah, if it's like dark outside, you're like, let's watch a scary movie. I can see it coming up like, oh, have you, because it will get you scared. Yeah. Like, at least not like, maybe not a ton, but it will get you feeling something. Yeah. And I think that's what people wanted to sleep over. I agree. Get some popcorn and get a little little scared. I agree. Fact Forest. We're going to spend a little bit of time here because there's so much to break down. Take it away. Ugh. And I know you're going to have a lot to add too because, again, just the research that we both put in, there's a lot. Okay. First and foremost, this was not screened in advance for critics. What? Yeah. Whoa. Which may be a reason it's such a low Rotten Tomato score. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Which I don't know why. Yeah, why would you not Interesting. It? Yeah. Hmm. Um, these catacombs were the real catacombs. Dude, that's what I mean by like, I would be terrified yes. filming this movie. Parts of the film were actually shot in the catacombs beneath Paris. This included several scenes, several areas not open to the public, adding an authentic and claustrophobic feel to the movie. On top of that, this was the first ever production that secured permission from the French government to film in the catacombs. Which it's such a random film to get permission. I know. Like, why would they sign off on a like, found oh, yeah. footage horror film? <laughs> oh, you, Dante's Inferno? Absolutely. Um, that could have been. That it. actually might have been. If they pitched the, it as like a. This is like classic literature. <laughs> they made like, oh, know, sweet. And then it's a found footage film. Yeah. They're like, what the. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, the bones in the film were real. The catacombs of Paris housed the remains of over 6 million people, providing an authentic backdrop for the movie's events. Yeah, for sure. Continuing on, claustrophobia. Ben Feldman, who plays George, actually suffers from minor claustrophobia. So he had to keep taking breaks to cope with it. Wow. What a bad film to be involved in. Yeah, why did you sign off (laughs) on that? That's like, don't take this You show up on set and you're like, wait, I didn't know it was going to be... Wait, I thought... I'm going to constricted in here. I didn't know you meant the real catacombs. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant the catcombs, like combing a cat. I don't know. This the, is so the cereal, honeycombs. <laughs> yeah, honeycombs. I thought we were... Yeah. I'm a freaking idiot. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. This, uh, limited lighting. To keep the found footage look genuine, the filmmakers relied heavily on the head-mounted lights of the characters' cameras. This also helped enhance the horror ambiance. Dude, yeah, for sure. The lighting Which, made If things. you're film crew, you're like the guy in the back just like in the I, dark. I know. <laughs> you're like, please. <laughs> we, someone say cut. Oh, man. Turn Improvisation. The While there was a script, the director often encouraged the actors to improvise, leading to more genuine reactions and dynamics. I wonder if that's why George has that moment of 
what's going on? Like, they're like, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> we'll try a few more takes. They're like, yeah, improvise in this scene. He's like, guys, what's going on? I'm going, I'm about to get so mad. If I, oh my gosh. <laughs> good the, night, mommy. Good night, mommy. Yeah, if I'm the writer and I hear somebody improvise a line, then I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pinching the director and saying, we're going to cut that. Yeah. We're going to cut that right up. A few unplanned scares. Some of the scarier moments were unscripted and even surprised the cast. The director would sometimes introduce sudden frights, enhancing the realness of their reactions. Heck Which, no. <laughs> I'm like, you know, hopefully he told them that in advance. Because, yeah. like, there are certain movies that do this, especially in horror, that I'm like, there's some borderline, like, abuse going on For sure. with the actors. There's a big film that I'm a fan of. Yes. That is probably the crown jewel of that. Yes, I know. And even like movies like The Exorcist, there's some BTS. Yes, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, But hey, maybe this was more fun. It is funny that you say that though, because during the film, I kind of thought like, it feels like I'm watching people go through a haunted house. So if he did randomly scare them, that's kind of the premise of a haunted house. True. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I already told you this. The cast often had to crawl, wade through water, or climb, and they've spoken about the physical toll it took on them. Golly. The title's significance, so as above, so below, is a phrase derived from the ancient hermetic texts which reflect the film's themes of mirroring, duality, and their interplay between the physical and spiritual realms. The foreplay? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> and the foreplay between the physical and the spiritual. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, that is cool. Dante's Inferno references. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Buckle. So buckle up, up. Boy <laughs> and girls. Boy and girls single. Whoever's listening. We have two listeners. <laughs> We're all inclusive here. Yeah. <laughs> the one boy Anywhere, and the yeah, one girl. <laughs> um, like Cameron mentioned, the context. Okay. There are nine circles of hell known as limbo, lust, Gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. And these are all Dante's Inferno reference. The hole, which is the, the big hole at the end that the three jump down to escape hell, is possibly a reference to Dante's Inferno. To escape hell, this is pretty wild. To escape hell, Dante has to climb down Satan's hairy belly and into his navel, which it is said is the center of the earth. Here, gravity is reversed. Down becomes up, hence the jump and fall return them and fall, returning them to the street level above. I did not know Yeah, that. that's pretty well. I wish you guys could see my face right now. I'm so confused. <laughs> Cameron's like, I wish I could do that so Dude, bad. that sounds like the best slip and slide ever. <laughs> Why is that not at Whitewater? <laughs> well, like, everyone jump into the crazy. Satan's navel. That's <laughs> like so the crazy. worst. That's the, honestly the worst imagery I think I've ever had. The navel life. of Satan being the center of the earth. I don't even want to think about it. Wow. I guess it is, you know, hot in there. Okay. Yeah, the core of the earth is pretty hot. It's pretty spicy. When the group climbs down to the second floor, where the sound is muffled at first, and shortly after the sound, while still muffled, suddenly increases so loud it hurts their ears. The sound can be compared to that of a tornado or a vortex. In Dante's Inferno, Dante climbs down to Lust, the second circle of hell, where a vortex spins, forever swirling souls around for eternity. The sound is said to be deafening and worse than a storm at sea. That's crazy. Another little tiny detail. Because that sound, yeah, they're all like, what is that sound? Yeah, which if we knew everything there was to know about Dante's Inferno before this film, and you go into it knowing the analogy or the allegory, whatever, 
then somebody do that for us please read the book and then watch the movie for please us and tell us your experience and same and i'm not going to give this spoiler twist away same with the movie mother oh i actually haven't seen mother so many people probably don't like mother for this reason because you watch it and you're like i have no idea what's going on oh. and the reason is because it's all an analogy to something else um okay so same with this one like while there is kind of a plot uh there i mean there is a plot uh, obviously um but there's some bad reviews where like there was no plot blah 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 and i'm yeah. like well it's all an analogy to dante's inferno so yeah the next one when scarlet realizes she has the wrong stone she backtracks to find the correct one when she finds the right one she starts to head back down to save george when she gets to the seventh floor she sees her father's body hanging in Dante's Inferno, the seventh circle of hell is called violence. Violence is separated into three sections. Violence against thy neighbor, violence against thyself, and violence against God. Violence against thyself is a forest known as the woods of suicide where all suicides go when they die. That what is a such a freaking cool detail. Detail, dude. Yeah, you're oh telling me God. more than I... Wow, that's crazy. 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 Also, on IMDb, this film has exponentially more... BTS because of all the Dante's Inferno references than yeah. any of the other films we've I done. I can so see that. Reviews on. All right, next. The first wall demon believed to be, which is whenever it's in the climax and they're sitting up next to that wall of like stone demons or whatever. Oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The one that ends up biting George. Is supposed to be the demonic disfigured soul of historical Cain of the Old and New Testament can believe to be have bitten George's throat as a representation of a brother killing a brother in the case of George leaving Danny to drown in Cain murdering Abel with a rock, also ironically encapsulating his appearance in hell for his crime. What? what? Dude. That is mind melting. I'm like, that's so cool. Right? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I'm hearing this for the first time on this podcast because this is crazy. I was writing my notes like 1 a.m. last night and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <"Tied> away. <laughs> Marin's like asleep like, next Adam, to me and I'm like, doing? you won't believe this. <laughs> okay, the ending sequence, the throne, a wooden chair mm-hmm. is apparently holding the devil himself. Right. Who is, you know, apparently robed with ro- other robed demons who can apparently are believed to be, Jude- I'm butchering the sentence. <laughs> Apparently, could be but the, maybe but, if the and the robes. Of bear the chair. with me, guys. I I don't know who wrote this. I wrote it at like two a.m. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> the devil sitting in the freaking throne. Okay? Yes, and his own robe. There are other demons with their own robes. Yeah, that follow him behind, and they're apparently believed to be Judas Iscariot, Antenor, and Ptolemy. And the demon of Cain appears as the first horrendous wall demon that bites George. And then the final area of hell traversed within the nine circle is the bottomless pit of penitence and the reverse leap of faith. Dude, it just keeps so getting much better and better. So much. Again, every freaking thing in this film is intentional. Well, and like the biblical references too. Yes. That's so cool. Which if you're going to do a film about hell, yeah, how cool to include biblical You've references gotta, to like yeah. Cain and like a guy who is guilty of accidentally killing his brother yeah gets killed by or almost killed by man the demon of cain who kills his brother oh my gosh these Crazy. doubtles man these these doubtle boys did you have any film mishaps before i dive in nope you got it okay sorry i know i feel like i'm talking so much 
Yeah, it's like super annoying. I know. <laughs> People are just like hitting the 15 second fast forwards. So okay, next, next, next. They're like, they keep hearing me talk. They hit it again. They keep hearing and me talk. Six, <laughs> and then level six, fast forward. And then level seven. Level 6.5. Okay. Like, dang it. Uh, come on. Film mishaps. The characters di- dived into water, which they, uh, dived, dove? I don't know. Um, who wrote this? <laughs> uh, into water several times, yet many scenes after they dove into the water their heads are completely dry. Yeah. Actually, I lied. I do have some written down. And I, one of them. I thought the same thing, which yeah. I was like, am I just seeing this wrong? No, I mean- Their faces I, look dry. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I always look for that in a film. It's kind of like, here's another little thing, which I'm about to ruin this for everybody. <laughs> so buckle up. When you see someone in film take a bite of anything, you will never see them swallow and it drives me insane mm. because they cut away right before so they could spit it out. And mm. I don't know why. Just one time I want to see somebody swallow food on film. Hey, the whale. That's true. But, <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. Up. Well, I'm done here. Um, <laughs> but I think about that with water. When mm. they go down into water in any film, I feel like that's such a continuity error that so many people trip up on because mm. then they're just dry. Yeah. They're like, come and on. I get that that's harder to film, but like if you want to, Dump yeah. some buckets on your cast. And yeah, come on, just splash them with a few buckets. <laughs> They're fine. After Scarlet heals the wound on Sui's arm with the stone, Sui's sleeve is left bloody and with big holes in it. However, whenever they've gone through the underwater tunnel and are approaching La Top, La Top? Mm-hmm. La- I never Tape? figured out how to say his name. That's the guy. That's the missing the- explorer that they find in Yes, the- so they're explorers. Let me explain this because I didn't. Yeah. The explorers have a friend that they were like, he went missing in this Un, you know, explored part of the catacombs. We don't want to go in there. And that's yeah. why they didn't want to go in there. So, and they end up running into him and he's yeah. a character who's stuck in limbo. Which at first I, I wrote that as a complaint. I was like, there's no way he's still alive after two years. <laughs> no, I'm an, I'm an idiot and he's just stuck in limbo. He's just now in hell forever. Poor guy. Um, yeah, poor guy. So whenever they approach him, Sui's sleeve is clean and there are no holes in it. Yeah. So just consistency. Also with the blood, I noticed that while we were watching that scene, the gash disappears and all the surrounding blood disappears. I was like, well, it's like she's still blood on her skin. Yeah. You know, from the gash. So come on. Whatever. We know what we, the Philosopher's we Stone does. We have seen it in action. <laughs> we use it once a day. I've seen Harry Potter like a hundred times. <laughs> the poem on Flamel's stone shouldn't rhyme in English. I, I saw that. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah. And then last one, at the opening of the movie, Scarlett tells the camera she's about to enter Iran illegally, and if she gets caught, the penalty is stoning. However, that's not true. The stoning, which rarely happens in Iran, is the punishment for adultery. So, Man, be um, just a small little nitpick, but if you want to be a perfect film, yeah, listen to be us. Be a perfect film. Listen to exactly. us. Okay, cool. change the chamber. We made it. Whew, sorry. Segway. Yeah, there's so much on this one. Okay. It's pretty go. girthy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go. <laughs> Is there anything we would change about the film? Mm-hmm. So this could belong in the hot takes. I, I think everything we say right here is probably going to be a hot take, but that's okay. I actually don't love the setup of this film, mm. which you liked. Wait. What do you mean? Oh, the, the intro. Pretty much until they get down into like that scene where I already explained them walking up to it. I just, I didn't love the way it starts. And I don't know, I, I can't really like, it, I feel like they just springboard you into the plot. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. I just had like a lot of questions like, wait, who is she? What's going on? Like, yep. why do I care about, you know? Yep. And I felt like some of the early dialogue, which I've already mentioned, was just a little rushed. And it feels like they were almost like, which now that you say that, I guess it was, mm -hmm. a little bit improv. Like it was just kind of like along the way, let's just say stuff until we get to the meat of the plot, which is down in the catacomb. So yeah. I would have changed the setup a little bit. But if that's my, you know, first one, that's not too bad. Dude, but. I, well, so you, you're probably going to agree then with what I'm about to say. Because while I said I liked the intro because I mm. felt like stakes were higher out at the bat, I don't, I don't entirely disagree with what you're saying. Okay. Um, I think the concept's wonderful and definitely something I would even, as an aspiring filmmaker, would like to be a part of, you know, paralleling Dante's Inferno. So mm -hmm. interesting. Or just utilizing classic literature to create a modern day depiction of that. Yeah. So fun. However, I don't think I would have made the quest aspect the search for the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. So again, I think the fantasy-driven narrative makes it feel too national treasure for me. Yeah. And you're going to lose buy-in from your audience. And if you want to be a good horror film, you want to get that buy-in from your horror audience. And I think, again, because of the fantastical elements, which help with the history, I guess, you know, but yeah. you can still parallel Dante's Inferno mm -hmm. and have these really cool mythological and whatever references without it being a quest for the Philosopher's Stone. So, yeah, I agree. I have an idea for a completely different plot. Oh, here we go. Keeping the concept of paralleling Dante's Inferno, sure. but just making, like, obviously they were like, okay, we want to parallel Dante's Inferno. How do we get them down into, you know, the catacombs or whatever to, to make that feel like they're exploring the layers of hell? Like, I get all that. So they need some sort of incentive yeah. to get them there. I just think that the incentive was a little weak. So mm -hmm. I'm agreeing with you on that. Okay. Um, here are my thoughts. Scarlet has ancestors who died in the big Paris collapse. Her brother, who was a history buff, went down there alone to try and write about the aftermath of these now unused tunnels. He never comes back. She decides to look for him because both of her parents are dead and he's her last relative. He is actually the one stuck in limbo instead of their local traveler guide's uh. friend. Stakes are raised because now he is the one who kills a local traveler and she's freaking out way more because now it's her brother. Why did my brother just kill this guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then you have like so much more to explore with why she's down there and For like sure. with her trauma with her family and her brother being a big part of that and not just her on this like Indiana Jones yes, quest. For sure. She's like trying to find her brother. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes more of like a prisoner's vibe. So my next one, I just said Scarlet. Mm. I didn't find her very likable. Okay. And that's only because for having a million PhDs and speaking <laughs> six languages and whatever. Yeah. She was such an idiot. I mean, she's like super smart, but like, I feel like she's the only one to blame for everyone dying. Yeah. Because, well, she just seems in like completely inconsiderate. She's so selfish. And like anytime they would see something terrifying or like completely just out of like like very hellish yeah she's like well show must go on let's continue she like, so she leaves george in turkey for a week yes and then george is like i don't want to go in the caves you know i don't do that and she's like no he's coming I'm yeah like, he doesn't want to if go. you love him quote unquote yes. you would not force him to do something he doesn't want to do yeah uh i completely agree actually i i thought her acting was good acting but i was didn't great. like her character 
I actually she was very the, selfish. The most likable character I thought was Francois. Yeah, me too. Papillon. I really I like, which is why his death was kind of suck, sucky. Like, yeah, you want him to live, but I knew he wasn't. Yeah, but you kind of like Benji a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Benji died really early. I, I know, feel like. which I have a hot take about that. Mm. Uh, my next one. There is so much more potential to have the climax be less chaotic and more creepy and suspenseful. Yeah. So while the parallels are really cool, aka the Cain demon binding George, having Lucifer sitting on a throne could have been way more wild. Yes. Uh, but I also, I mean, I stand by the minimalism, so that'd be a wee bit tricky to do, but totally possible. Because yeah. like, if you are near Lucifer mm-hmm. in the last layer of hell, so much potential to make that just crazy like creepy so creepy and that is my third i said the exact same thing okay because i feel like this is the devil himself yeah make him this like ominous presence yes and honestly and i don't know if this would have worked but because they did such a good job with sound even maybe not showing him and you just hear him almost like an american werewolf in london that roar in the distance is so effective yeah because it's such a good roar if you heard some like Dude, haunting if, sound in the distance, what if he spoke oh. in like a bass rumble and it was like in Latin? Yeah. Dude. Or like, cause they even in the witch, like at the end, they have the devil. Crazy. I did feel like he was just kind of a guy in a robe. His face was creepy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you, if it's the devil himself, make it a little more ominous. You can make it just like way more creepy. Um, yes. which again, you know. So Cam and I are Christian, so like we're yeah. not we're not right. like go Satan. Like we're not, but <laughs> you gotta we're just saying that guy up. if you're you know exploring the depths of evil, mm-hmm. emphasizing the you know just the pure, not pure. Yes, <laughs> that's not the right word. But you know what I mean, like the just awe of yeah. evil, like in a bad way. Well, it raises the stakes too. And I mean, the shows, stakes already feel high. If but. you the more that you dive into like evil and you make it deeper and you make it way worse, then the better it makes the light look. You know what I mean? Definitely. So uh, the stronger the darkness, the stronger the light. For sure. So um, there, yeah, there was more potential with that. So that was your third? That was my third one. Okay. So jumping in and anything that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Intro. Mm-mm-mm. How did Scarlet just automatically know there was something behind the stone wall? Yeah. Like she's like the, she, she like feels ready. a crevice. She's like yes. feels a little crack. She's like there's there's something behind this wall. And I'm like yes. what? No, you wouldn't know well, that. Well, like even in the museum when they take Nicholas Flamel's tombstone off the wall and they like light it on fire. She at deciphers a museum. things so quickly. There's like a janitor's yeah. cart right there. But I'm like, it's just too coincidental. How is security? Where are like the motion sensors or the alarms? Like how does she just <laughs> take it off the wall and light it on fire? I know. Crazy. Zero. My dog is licking Cameron's laptop. He's licking right the laptop. He just wants to be included. One second, buddy. Yeah, you want to get in here and say something? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, I totally agree. And then my last one actually was Benji just chilling mm-hmm. at the top by himself. Yeah. Before he dies. I get he's scared of falling since he did last time. Yeah. Torpus hands. Go in the middle of the people so they can help you not fall. Definitely. And then also you're like supposedly in hell and this is like known. I would be down there so fast. You're not going to be cool like, with I'd chilling alone. And then you like hear something, key. you're like, is anybody there? Well, you're in hell. So get yeah. out of wherever you are. sitting on the next person's head, getting down the rope. Like yeah. I'm, I'm getting down like there. you every second he sat there, he dug a little further in his grave. Yes. Well, and I said too. I feel like everybody were they were like in street clothes 
You know, not everybody, but like the main girl, you know, she's this archaeologist. Yes. And she's done this before, I guess. But she looked like she was on her way to like Sunday brunch. Like <laughs> she just got out of a Forever 21 hat. Yeah, like <laughs> she's wearing like that long sweater and jeans. I was like, what? Yeah. I don't know. The only I, person who had any sort of excuse was George because he wasn't planning on going in there. Yes. George is allowed. He may have been on his way to brunch after. But I think he was going to a Forever 21 show. He was on the way. Yeah. yeah. Kendra Scott, you know. <laughs> um, what do we think of the casting? Hmm. I thought the casting was pretty good. I thought so too. I, I, I think agree, they all though, did a great job. I do wish they could have, they, that could be another, that would be another change chamber the more that I think about it after you brought it up. Make Scarlett's character likable. Yeah. Because again, this goes back to what we talked about even with American Psycho and we talked about it with um, orphan like mm-hmm. if you want people to care about deaths and about stakes and about everything in the film yeah. make the characters likable yeah. like if you want somebody like to be worried about a death then the person who's about to die should be completely likable yeah so for sure i i the only thing with her character too though which i don't know this could come off wrong i feel like it's almost a cheap shot though to cast like this beautiful woman as this archaeologist with like five (laughs) degrees and she speaks six languages. And I'm not saying like those things are not synonymous. Like, and ladies, you're all beautiful. You know, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But it's just like, from the perspective of the studio, I feel like that was like a forced casting to like, okay, let's like give her all these accolades and also make her like really hot. And like, she can like do Mm -hmm. all these things. And she's, even with the stone men, she's freaking Derrick Henry to the defensive line. That's just what like I'm saying. Through him. She's doing the Heisman. She's kind of overpowered a little she's bit. She's doing the hell Heisman. And I just feel like, I don't know, they may have cast her just for like appeal. And <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Least favorite part of the film. I said just the Philosopher's Stone as a whole. Yeah. Um, and then definitely her gaining the knowledge that yeah. gets them out. I was kind of checked out whenever she was like, <gasps> Now I'm the jewel. Yeah, for and sure. And I'm like, okay. I didn't love that either. Goes hand in hand with the Philosopher's Stone. Like, yes. If that was a different quest, could have been entirely different incentive. Well, when she returns the stone, she like sees her reflection and, and it's like- And she like rubs wait, the mirror. Do you she's have like, that realization? She's like, I'm the one. Tis I. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in the power. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. kind of dumb. I didn't, honestly, on the same note, love the speed run as a whole. Mm. I think it's cool. I like the the concept of that plot scenario. Yes. But I agree. Because I like, yeah, like you're saying, I, I just like tracing your steps back through this film. Mm-hmm. Like they go backwards or she has to at the last minute and she's just running through all these things they've already encountered. And I, I may have missed something that explains this away, but I just feel like, again, she's got that thick plot armor a little bit and yeah. she was able to just coast through these like demonic entities and like- yeah. She was just soloing hell by herself. Totally. And I was like, let's be real. Like in the first 20 seconds, you're, you're probably dead. Yeah. But she was freaking not, Master not Chief I, and Halo over there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, now that I think about it, I might have ended the film differently too. Mm. Not to go back to Change Chamber. But like you could have easily made the film end not like, I mean, only three of them escaped, but three of them escaped. Yeah. Including the main two characters. It's a pretty high number. and. I don't know. What if she never made it out and so she I, was stuck down there alive? I debated putting that in my change chamber or hot takes hallway because she does 
she drives me crazy a little bit. <laughs> and I almost wanted everyone to die except for her just so she feels the weight of like, wow, I was an idiot and I got mm-hmm. everybody killed. Yeah. But I also do enjoy that George lived and Zed lived and yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, can't uh, have it both ways. Yeah. Title of the film and movie poster. I actually really like the title. I, I feel really like it's like so cryptic and historical and it makes for just a really clever title. Yeah. I think the the movie poster could have been cool. I really like the movie poster. It's yes. like gnarly. Um, but just another idea to to incorporate something about the circles or layers of hell. Just to yeah, you know, maybe more affirm Dante's I was gonna in, say, Inferno. I feel like they should have leaned more into like especially for the marketing. Yeah. Lean into the Dante's Inferno because I feel like that would get more attention. Because if you go in not knowing that, you'd have to gonna, do research to figure all that out. Yeah. Do we agree with the IMDb rating? So it's at 6.2. Mm-hmm. This may be a hot take. Okay. I think 6.4. Okay. Purely for the detail. Yeah. And the sim- like symbolism. I think the imagery is really creepy. Sounds. I think it just... 6.2 just feels... It feels too... I. Well, but it's also found footage, so I get it. Yeah. You know? But out of the found footage films, or the what it could have been with yeah. the bad found footage vibe... I don't know. I I even put like I put six point five. Um, oh, we were pretty close. I then. know. So I, but I agree. I think that higher than what it is at now. Yeah, because you still like give credit to all the freaking detail that went into this yeah, film. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that takes it away from me is like the main plot, which gets them yeah. into that. But the fantasy. Yeah. It's Hot takes here. It's getting a little, <laughs> a little spicy. Toasty. I'm gonna Ooh, take I'd this coat felt, off. I felt a little zap. Favorite reviews. We have our favorite one and 10 star reviews. Yes. I feel like I've talked a lot, so you go first. Okay. Um, I always forget. I cannot remember. Do we start with 10 or one? I think we start with 10. 10. Yeah. Boom. Okay. So mine is titled, Not for Those Averse to a Little Thinking. Dude, we finally did it. I chose Stop. the exact same You're kidding. one. <laughs> what are the freaking odds? I know. There are hundreds of them. I know. Okay. That's well, crazy. Hey, I'll, the good thing is I did find two one stars. Okay. So you okay, can just go cool. with this one and I'll just say both of my one yeah, stars on top of your one. Okay. 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 Uh, so it's titled, Not for Those Averse to a Little Thinking. Mm-hmm. Wow. So cool that we found the same one. <laughs> I know. As Above, So Below is a rather ingenious contribution to the found footage genre. From beginning to end, it consistently presents well-executed symbolism and allegory. It demands a certain level of comprehension of its audience, without which they will be left unsatisfied as if half the movie itself had passed beyond their range of sight, overall brilliant progression. Again, not as comedic, yeah. which some reviews we like to go the I more almost went route. a comedic route, but then I was like, no, this is But this one up. does it kind of explain why I put it so high, because I know people are going to see this and be like, nah, that movie doesn't belong up there. Yeah. I think just purely off research... Kind of like Cabin in the Woods. If you do your research and like learn more about like the BTS and how they made it, you're going to appreciate it a lot more. So yeah, that's my 10 star. Boom. Well, that's both of our 10 stars. So you're only going to get one 10 star today, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, it happened. We knew it was going to happen. I can't believe it took only six episodes. Yeah, though. that's crazy. So many reviews too. Wow, we're just like so similar. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> one star. My title, what if you picked the same Dude, answer? I was just thinking that. Worse Than Counting Flies. Oh, shoot. Is okay. the title of mine. I didn't have that one. This was the very worst movie I've ever seen. 
The only good thing I'll have after the experience is that whatever I watch in my next visit to the cinema will be, compared to this, a masterpiece. Yet another movie where they use the first-person camera to not show any clear Im- image, and if that fails, well, they flicker the lights and the job's done. Don't expect any explanation to what happens throughout the movie, at least not one that makes sense. Seriously, use those 90 minutes and anything better, like lying in the sofa, counting flies. Wow. Okay. So, uh, they... They didn't like it. They didn't like it, and they like flies. Counting flies sounds like a song. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's Maybe. counting stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the knockoff version of One they Republic. I've been... I don't know the words. I know the song you're talking about. Yeah, One Republic, shout out. Yeah. All right. One, they you're definitely one star. need our shout out. Yeah, I know. We're going to um, help them get so many listeners. <laughs> if you have not seen this crime called cinema, you're blessed. Boom. How many bad Blair Witch Project movies are we going to be subjected to before the genre dies out? Mm. I have tried to watch As Above, So Below. Poor acting, even poorer scripting. Meandering, aimless plot lines topped with bad camera work. I do not know whether to kill myself or everyone associated with the production and distribution of this heinous crime called cinema. I've seen better movies from toddlers with GoPro cameras strapped to their heads on YouTube. Mm. I just said highness. It's like okay. your highness. Your royal highness. Yeah, uh, that's not the word. <laughs> Heinous, I believe, <laughs> was the correct uh, translation. Oh, that's funny. Anyways. Hey, you know, I was going to let it slide. So, um, all right. My one star, which was a backup in case you accidentally <laughs> chose my one star. That's I should have had a 10 star backup. That's yeah. fine. Uh, the title, Utter Rubbish. Rubbish. Well, what a pointless load of garbage. A load of people running around a sewer with bad camera work. Spend your time doing something else. That's yep. yep. Okay. Utter okay. rubbish. Pig's will. Utter rubbish. Pig's will. Yep. Schlock. All the above. <laughs> Do we have any hot takes about the film? If you hated this movie, you didn't understand its significant references to Dante's Inferno. Yep. And that's okay. Uh, I didn't know either. But now it's okay we're educating each other. Uneducated. Yeah. It's okay if you're a little dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, we already talked about this, so I don't need to drag it out. But I just said that I... I think this film's better off as a found footage film. And I saw I people saying it should have agree. not been. I disagree. I think especially for the claustrophobia mm-hmm. and it being in those tight corridors, I think it works. So. Yeah. And it's definitely not a knockoff Blair Witch. No. So no, 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 no. These are entirely different films. Yeah. Have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? I read some reviews that said they loved the action portion of the film with one stating Scarlet was like Indiana Jones. Uh, I do not like no that at all. Indiana Jones. Let's put some I, respect on his name. I know. And I, I just think, you know, action, while maybe that's your goal to film, we talk about sometimes that's your goal and that's fine. But yeah, sure. if your goal is to make a pure, great horror film, yes, make it less Indiana Jones and National Treasury. Definitely. Um, I saw people saying that it's the best found footage film of all time. Oh, I'm not completely turned off by this, but uh, at the same time, the Blair Witch Project exists. Yes. So, so you're wrong. So you're wrong. But it's, at it's least still num- a good maybe one. number two. <laughs> yeah, it's. I would maybe consider that, but maybe top ten. That's not as much of a hot take, but I think I think saying it's number one is a hot take. So. I yeah, I agree. What would be a worse name for the film title? I have three, but I'm sure some oh of ours are, are similar. This one was honestly hard for me. Really, for this film for sure. So you spit yours off. Well, remember, I my 2 a.m. dots. Okay? True. Number one, Harry Potter and the Nine Floors of Hell. Oh, my gosh, dude. I said Harry Potter and the Gates of Hell. 
That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I knew we were both going to go the Harry Potter route. Yes. Okay. Your That's other great. two. Uh, my second one, National Treasure 3. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, that. And then my third one, Indiana Bones. Oh my gosh. Come on. That's so, it's there. <laughs> it's right there. And you All we have to do it. is reach out. Grab That's it. so good. Love that. If this film were released today, what would the reaction be? Atrocious. Yeah. I think people would absolutely hate it because it's found footage. I agree. It would get, I think it would continue to get swept under the rug. Yeah. Immediately found footage. It would completely flop. Maybe like we talked about, if they leaned more into the Dante's Inferno stuff. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe because a found footage film hasn't been released in so long, maybe people are like, oh, it feels like we're back in 2014. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They could have come up with maybe like a fun TikTok trend. True. For people true. to film themselves doing oh, something. True. Uh, however, apparently PewDiePie. PewDiePie? Who, yeah, the YouTuber? Say? Yeah. I think it's PewDiePie. Went down into the catacombs to market this movie. So Whoa. maybe some more adventure marketing would have made it That's more kind of, of a fun fact. Yeah. He was like the biggest YouTuber ever. That's yeah. kind of cool. Hottest of all hot takes. Mm-hmm. It's got to be yours. It's not the yeah, best handheld of I think all so. Time. Blair Witch is too legendary. It's also, But it's also not a knockoff Blair Witch. Yeah. So. Okay. It's getting kind of colder. I feel a breeze. I do feel it's a little I feel breezy. Like, are we, is a window open? Are we? Is this the chill factor? Do we need coats? Oh, <laughs> let's get our coats back on. <laughs> let's put these chill. bad boys back on. Chill factor. What makes this movie? Why is it in our top 50? Yeah. I said the concepts. Dude. Um, just going through the circles of hell, having the parallels to Dante's Inferno. Yes. Everything we've already kind of mentioned. Yeah. It just makes it a little extra chilly. I think that's little, just such a cool concept. Little spice on top. Little spice. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I said the exact same thing. The alcohol references to Dante's Inferno. Nice. Um, honorable mention, the minimal showing of evil. Yeah. It would be so easy to get monster happy yes. with a film like this and just show everything. Yeah, you really don't see, like there's the stone men and then there's I agree the with you about, the, about Satan though. Satan could have they been showed done a his little face different. And it was like a disfigured baby yes. face. Yeah, that was weird. But yeah. Uh, but again, still overall minimal. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Final Rex, do we recommend this film to everyone or only a select audience or maybe nobody at all? I said you should watch it. It's, I think so. It's worth the watch, especially now that we're all a little more educated yes. on Dante's Inferno. However, don't watch it if you're claustrophobic because you may pass out. Yeah, for real. And I kind of said the same thing and I mentioned this earlier. I recommend it to anybody who's down for a good horror film. Yep. You know, get your popcorn ready, turn the lights off, turn the volume up and just see what you think. Anyone who's down to dowdle. Yeah. Down to dabble and dowdle. <laughs> down to dabble with the dowdle brothers. <laughs> dabble with the dowdles. Oh my gosh. We're never getting out of this <laughs> this podcast episode. Well, that wraps up Chamber Chills number 45 as above, so below 2014. Mm-mm. Thank you guys so much for listening to our sixth episode ever. Oh my. A little uh, next episode hint. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we're going to start doing some fun sneaks on our Instagram where we'll give you hints to what the next episode is. Uh, follow along on our story. We're going to post some like either blurred images or like close screenshots of the film to see if you can guess leading up to the release. And part of the fun is really just you guys getting to watch these films alongside us so you can listen to the podcast and both follow along easier and join in on the conversation online. We're also going to start giving a little riddle on here to see if you guys can guess what the next one will be. So here the first one goes. Okay, let's hear it. A realm within a mind where many faces sneak. 
diverse in their wishes, some gentle, some bleak. Three find themselves ensnared, their time growing thin, by one whose true self is a maze deep within, not merely fractured, but shattered like glass. Name the tale where identities amass. Beautiful. Boom. Okay. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Chamber of Chills to keep up to date with us. If you guys have guessed what the next movie is, we want to hear it. Uh, maybe DM us. Uh, <laughs> Let us know if you've deciphered. Yes. And then also comment on our post. Send us an email at podcast at thechamberofchills.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, or hot takes, we want to hear your hot, spicy red takes. And sharing is caring. Share this with your friends. The more we grow, the more this community grows. And we just, uh, we love you guys too much. Mm -mm -mm. We love you guys. Thanks again for listening. And stay tuned for what is next on Chamber of Chills.